Chapter 13 of the Shunzi, The Way to Be a Minister. This is a fairly short chapter, but it's a useful one because most of us are not lords and we're not going to be prime ministers. Um, you may, in some capacity, uh, serve, um, but you are more likely to be a simple uh, citizen or a subject of your country rather than in a position of any kind of leadership. Um, so this chapter is something that is pretty useful for both kinds of conditions. So let's t go into this and talk about these ministers. So at the beginning we have these grades of ministers. That's uh, the section, finding ministers usurping meritorious and sagely ones. Um, Basically, if you're going to be a minister, you have a king or a lord to serve. And that lord uh, or king is not going to be perfect because he's a human being. And so it's um, he's relying on you explicitly or implicitly to correct him when he's wrong. So that's a key to understanding all of this. So the Fani minister is not a good one because um, he's very good with with words and he's flattering and so he gets favor from his superiors in a democracy this would be like flattering the people and so these are the fawning type but um, you don't have the common people don't have affection for him and the feudal lords don't trust him because this is not a man of any substance and so uh, you know a similar thing could be said about today um, you see these politicians and yet people don't really have too much affection for him um, look at the next one, the usurping one. Uh, this one is also a bad kind of minister, but a different type. Usurping is somebody who is good at getting obtaining reputation among the people, but he doesn't care for the Tao, and he doesn't care about righteousness or justice, so he forms factions and cliques. And so he uh, is very good at politically deceiving people and plotting personal uh, gains. And so this, he describes as usurping minister. This is, again, another kind of politician. If you say, oh, well, this such and such politician, he's popular. Um, well, it doesn't really matter. He's still, um, you know, he still could be a bad person. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're good at impressing the people. What's really important is do you use the proper models, the proper path of governing, and are you pursuing righteousness, morality, and justice? All right, now we get to the two good kinds of ministers. Obviously, the meritorious is not as good as the sagely, but this is a meritorious is still a really high uh, categorization. So he can unify the people at home, but in terms of foreign affairs, he can avert crises. Um, and so the people end up having some affection for him, and uh, well-bred men, gentlemanly men, uh, do have some trust in them in such a person and uh, he has tireless uh, concern for the common people and that's only something that you could see through watching the actions of the leaders carefully over a long period of time not in election season or even simply four years the sagely minister is just above and beyond he um, uses um, education and orders 
to be able to adapt to different circumstances and occurrences. And he knows how to extend categories and connects types to handle cases with a precedent. In other words, he's very talented. He can deal with new situations uh, while revering the old. He also has great care for the people below, of course, and reveres his Lord above. And so the sagely minister is somebody who can help you become a true king. All right. Um, so those are uh, some grades of ministers. And then subsequently, we have some specific historical examples, which I won't go into in this lecture. And uh, probably a lot of these details are uh, lost to history anyway. Um, so certain ones, you know, for example, the Grand Duke of the Zhou Dynasty, we know a lot about him. Uh, others, not so much. Uh, so let's talk about some characteristics. Um, there's uh, being co compliant, which means to follow orders. Flattering is to, uh, you know, you follow orders, but you don't really do what's right for the country or for the Lord. Um, and in a, in a monarchy, um, what's good for the country is ultimately also what's good for the Lord and his descendants because bad countries are not run well. And even though that the, the king might be happy for the time being by taxing the people or uh, otherwise exploiting them, overall, it's going to end up very badly for them. So it's like a guy mismanaging his bank account. Uh, it's not going to end up well. Um, but if you if you um, do go against orders, but you do benefit your Lord, that's actually what Shunzi says is loyalty, and that's very important because there's always you can think of these things as having a having a corresponding um, nature to the relationship with you and your parents. So sometimes you have to go against their wishes, but you're doing this to benefit them. That's true loyalty. Just that is true faithfulness. Um, and you don't have to wait for the parent to lose their mental capacities, in other words, have Alzheimer's or dementia for this, for you to uh, do this. Um, you should just want good things for your parents, including them being uh, more virtuous, not just in terms of money and finances and so forth. To go against orders, but you're not benefiting the Lord, is called usurping. Um, there's also some actions you could take. Um, remonstrating is where you give this advice, uh, but if they don't take the advice, you leave your position officially. That's remonstrating. If you are um, trying to change your Lord's mind, even to the point of willing to die for this, this is called contesting. Um, if you are helping your Lord and uh, you succeed, this is called guiding. So all of these things recognize, oh, and the last one is restraining, um, where he is um, resisting Lord's orders. It says, uh, it says something interesting is basically to take the Lord's authority for his own uh, there. And uh, what that what that's about is you're not supposed to actually do this, but you do it anyway, basically. 
uh, but it's a good for the for your Lord. And so this is uh, restraining. Um, this is the act of restraining. So again, in each of these situations, Shunzu is recognizing there is a conflict between what the Lord says he wants and what the minister knows is good. And so uh, you have to do these things if you are going to be a true minister because you want what is good for the country and the Lord. And so in line 92, he says something that's very important. Follow the Tao, not your Lord. This expresses my meaning. So again, the Tao is a way of human life living and human society in which uh, everything is working out well. It's beautiful, it's harmonious, it's morally righteous. You feel at ease, you feel human, you have your human desires met. And so the Tao is truly wonderful and is something that is at the pinnacle of wisdom. It's not something that you scrape together and barely get by and you just say, oh, well, that's life. It's a challenge. You might have that if your so-called ways are about overemphasizing things like freedom and individualism or has this notion of equality that you're taking too far. That's not the way. That's not the Tao. And so your life is going to be difficult. And unnecessarily so. All right. So um, those are some of the major ideas there. Let's go to line 114. And I like just this part. This is some good advice if you're simply not necessarily a minister, but maybe uh, a subject or a citizen. Um, if if you're living in a chaotic age, this is bad. But if you're reduced to dwelling in a violent state, so there's a difference here. You can be chaotic, but not necessarily violent from uh, the perspective of what the government does. But um, you could also live in a chaotic age and your state is itself violent. So violent, you can just understand this to mean uh, oppression. So they're throwing people up in jail uh, for simply speaking it out against what is wrong, etc. So that's something you have to keep your eye on, eye out for whether your state is a violent one or not. So he says you're reduced to dwelling in a violent state and there's no way to avoid it. In other words, if you can leave, you should leave. But if you can't leave it, then extol what is fine about it, praise what is good about it, but when it comes to bad things and failures, you treat it as taboo and you conceal of its failures. Uh, in other words, don't talk about it very often. Why? Because you'll be hauled into jail. You'll be oppressed uh, even more than you currently are. So, you know, there are certain states that it's very obvious that that is the situation you have to abide by. In other states, uh, not so much. Um, if you want to be... A lord. So here in this chapter, um, Shuz is still going to talk a little bit about being a lord. You have the sagely lord, mediocre lord, and the violent lord. Uh, and this is probably useful for understanding how to under, how to know what kind of country you do live in. So uh, the sagely lord is good at at um, at balancing, um, and so. He uh, refrains from selfishness. He uh, takes 
uh, he's compliant um, with one's superiors. So a lord is not exactly necessarily the king. A lord is, uh, you know, the the high-ranking person in that area. So he's not necessarily the king. He could be a duke, for example, um, or he could be a uh, a count, etc. A lord is a little different. Um, and and so um, this part is is talking about uh, specifically serving um, this kind of lord. All right. So uh, you want to um, you want to be reverent. You want to be respectful. You want to obey. Um, in other words, this is the easiest lord to serve. Okay, the sagely lord. Uh, the mediocre lord, however, is a little trickier. You have to, um, you still want to be loyal and trustworthy and live up to your word, but don't be toadying, don't be a flatterer, don't kiss up. Uh, you have to remonstrate and contest with a forceful manner, being resolute, direct, and being upright in your attentions, and saying what is wrong if it's wrong, and saying what is right if it is right. So you have to be um, carefully honest here. A violent lord, of course, is going to be tricky. You have to be accommodating, but you don't want to break your moral principles. You have to be flexible, but you're not going to cave in. What's important here, again, is you need to preserve your dignity as well as your integrity. You hold firm to the ultimate way, the Tao, with a clear understanding and try to transform him and at appropriate times win him over. And what does that mean? That's in the next paragraph, line 142. Um, train like riding a unbroken horse, like caring for a newborn, like feeding a starving person. If so, and so you take advantage of his fear, fearful moods to correct his mistakes, take advantage of his worried moods to scrutinize his habits. Take advantage of his joyful moves to reign in his ways. In other words, you have to look out for his emotional state and take the right time to guide him because a violent lord is essentially a tyrant and uh, you have to manage uh, your dealings with them carefully. So be careful there, but you can always take different opportunities based on his emotional state to teach him a lesson or to uh, one way or the other. And of course, this is something that will help uh, help him find you more worthy to listen to. You have different types of loyalty on one, line 166. And the, the best kind of loyalty is to use your virtue and transform him. Develop your Lord and transform him. But the lowest kind of loyalty um, is you're remonstrating him, so you're still loyal, but uh, you end up angering him. It's not very, uh, it's not a very efficacious way to go about things. Now, if you don't care about whether your lord's uh, your lord is honored or disgraced, or for the uh, you don't care for the state, and you are lazily cooperative and you're just uh, saying yes in order to maintain your salary, this is being a villain to the state. So again, that has political parallels with today and democracy. 
um, you know, some people, they just care about their position. They don't care about the country. And that's being an utter villain to the whole country. So we have some lines later on in this page, 188. I'll read this out loud because it's interesting. If a person is worthy and one does not treat him with respect, then this is to be a beast. If a person is unworthy and one does not treat him with respect, this is to offend a tiger. And that uh, comparison is made in the next couple of paragraphs. This is, of course, true for somebody who is powerful, like a lord, but it could also apply to people in general. Um, you're not going to respect somebody simply because they have power, because some people are tyrants or are criminals and they also have power depending on the situation of course so we don't by respect what we mean is not reverence what we mean by respect is to um, keep him at a certain distance and not not disrespect him maybe that's a better way to uh, to put it so if he's worthy then you should of course treat him with respect and the kind of respect is something uh, where you find him worthy and you value him and so you take joy in him but if he is an unworthy person then you respect him in the way that you would respect a wild beast you know it's dangerous you don't want to come too close to it. You don't want to antagonize it. And so this is, of course, not reverence. You wouldn't revere a lion or a tiger. You might be, wow, this is amazing. Uh, what a grand beast. But you wouldn't revere it. You wouldn't look up to it. And so that's how you would deal with people who are unworthy but have power. So this is, of course, interesting because among human beings, there are human beings that are unworthy of their capacity for being a better person and they are no better than beasts. Still, you want to have a certain kind of respect to them because they are dangerous. Lines uh, 220. Uh, in fact, the whole paragraph, to be reverent and respectful mean, uh, makes for ritual and propriety. Lee, to be accommodating and harmonious makes for musicality. To be careful and cautious makes for benefit. To go brawling and raging makes for harm. And so the Junzi, he rests in ritual, propriety, and musicality, employs carefulness and caution, and avoids brawling and raging. For this reason, in hunter action, he commits no great errors. The patty man is opposite of this. Uh, young persons tend to want to fight in order to assert themselves. They, their pride feels wounded. And that's something you have to be careful about. You have to be careful and cautious. Ultimately, these people are not really worth the risk of getting into legal trouble, being punished in jail, or even injured. Because even if you do break his nose, you might break his hand in punching him. There's all sorts of problems. He's not really worth it. And if you are trying to make yourself into a virtuous person to Junza, you have much bigger fish to fry. You are here to make an impact on the rest of human history and make it better 
why would you get caught up in some sort of petty battle with somebody who is no better than the bear? Just look at him like you would a wolf. He's there. He's kind of dangerous. If he comes too close, you're going to have to fight him off. But, you know, let him do his howling. Let him do his digging. Um, you know, unfortunately, he might be... I mean, these people are kind of like endangered animals in the sense that um, if there's this more, you know, reasonable society, if um, the wolf is there causing you a problem, you can go ahead and slay it. But unfortunately, these people, you can't just go around slaying um, uh, just easily. So you have to be careful if he does intrude on you. You have to be prepared for there being a lot of legal fallout as a result of defending yourself. Unfortunately, that's how chaotic states are, that even though this guy is attacking you, um, you might still end up being punished for defending yourself. Well, in any case, uh, just treat these people like predators that also have an endangered status on them to try to attack them is not the wisest thing for the most part for most situations to do. We've got some um, seeming poems by line 239. We have a description of this is a piece that comes from counterbalancing dangers. Uh, despite moving to seize power, still he counts as being righteous. Usually People who obtain more power are not doing this out of righteousness, they're doing this out of personal ambition, which is a kind of greed. Because you, it's not only that a person can be greedy for money, he can also be greedy for status. And we know it's greed because he is harming his personal virtue or his relationships with other people or his moral integrity in order to obtain something that it does not belong to him at the moment. But the he still counts as being E because he is seizing power to do the right thing, to rectify society, to protect people. Next lines are, though he was engaged in killing, yet a man of Ren is he. Remember, one of the parts of Ren is to be humane, and humane people do not wantonly kill, and yet sometimes there are times in which a person needs to kill. The ruling order was reversed, but he acted faithfully. Uh, so you're a minister, and yet you are seizing power over the Lord, but he's still being faithful because you're doing this in order to protect your Lord, to benefit your Lord. With the works of heaven and earth, he did, his deeds form a trinity, and all the people benefited from his generosity. So to form that trinity between heaven and earth, remember heaven is something that gives nature, unseen nature, its pattern and principle. So uh, the way that human beings are from the moment they're born, that's an act of nature. Earth is all the physical stuff out there, whether we're talking about soil or water or gold. Uh, and so it's the human being that has cultivated himself that makes use of all these things. And that's why there's a trinity. On the other hand, we have the people, the ministers who attend upon disaster in chaos. And here it says, he shares the disposition of others who go astray. 
and seeking harmony, no standard does he obey. I like that line. And seeking harmony, no standard does he obey. Because he's just trying to get along with people for the sake of getting along with people. It never works long term. Eventually, if you do this for your family, your family's going to fall apart. If you do this for your community or state, people are going to end up committing crimes and killing each other. If you do this in your friendships, your friendships are going, your friends are going to take advantage of you. And so there, the standard comes from moral righteousness, what is morally correct. And so harmony can only be meaningful and last and not generate gripes if you are basing them around what is right. Ultimately, even if people pretend and tell themselves, oh, they can just get along, they actually don't truly feel this way. So people who say, oh, you shouldn't judge others, they ultimately judge other people. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar thing here where uh, ultimately you do have to end up judging other people. And so uh, it's because morality is a real thing and morality is what allows people to get along and be at peace with each other and within themselves. So whether you think that we're born with a strong moral sense or not, it does have very important achievements for human beings in human society and human relations. Continuing on, carrying not, which means nothing, carry nothing for right or wrong, straight or bent, he does not weigh. Improper acquiescence is what his deeds display. So he doesn't care for right or wrong, he just goes ahead and follows with what his Lord wants. For those who live recklessly, he brings for their disarray because he's not correcting what's wrong to begin with. So this is attending upon disaster and chaos. We can go a little bit back line 229 because this is the thoroughly grasping loyalty despite a struggle with his lord still a good man he remains so you contend with your lord through defying with uh, uh, those above him great accomplishments he gains completely without selfishness marching off to die he goes while staying for your prejudice proven loyalty he shows so here, what is loyalty is what is morally right. And again, it's not just pleasing your Lord. And again, by within the framework of a monarchy, by doing what is right for your Lord, you are doing what's right for your country and vice versa. Now, your question, a question that might come up is what if, uh, could you never overthrow the dynasty? Could you never replace the royal, the royal family? This is a very important question. Uh, we'll see later on whether Shunzi addresses his head uh, straightforwardly or not. Uh, Mencius, if you're looking for other places, Mencius is a little more direct here, uh, though not entirely so. But if you look at actual history, uh, the way that a lot of ministers do behave and a lot of the role model sage kings, they um, overthrow dynasties and they either set somebody else to be the new king and his family, or they themselves become king and set up their family to be the royal family. So in practice, regardless of what's in the text, it does happen. And the 
Rue, who do this either by supporting the family or themselves becoming uh, uh, the new king, they don't have an overwhelming sense of guilt about this. So if you do see somebody, he's a tyrant, he's irredeemable, there's nothing to be done, it is not out of bounds, based on what has happened in history at least, to overthrow that dynasty. So that's the thing that makes it complicated is that you are supposed to have a sense of loyalty to your lord, and that's a personal bound. It's not some sort of abstracted, you know, swear allegiance to the flag or uh, you know swear an oath to the constitution kind of thing. That's abstract, and it's really kind of questionable. What exactly does that mean? Uh, what is the flag? What is that supposed to represent? Is it supposed to be everybody who's living in America? Is it supposed to be these principles that somebody else wrote into a textbook? Uh, same thing with the Constitution. If the Constitution has this part about it that says you can change it, um, what are you really swearing loyalty to? It's kind of an interesting question. And, and, and so um, we have here um excuse me i hope you don't hear the uh, screaming outside but um the 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 reality is uh, the reality is that you have this really difficult bind where um, you have this personal loyalty and yet um you know you also have right so remember that part follow down not your lord um that might be something to contemplate deeply on what that what that means. But if you're in a situation where there is no Lord, it's not a personal relation, it's a, it would be a different circumstance um, altogether. You have to think about what, what is going on. Is it chaos or is it based on the proper model? And then you have to you have to act according to your best conscience's efforts. So if you want to be a minister, understand that it's important to do what is right rather than simply what your Lord wants. And this, of course, has analogies to anything else where uh, there's some sort of sense of authority, like how you deal with your parents or even what the community and society says that their norms are. Um, I'm going to take a little moment to, uh, since the chapter is so short, to talk about um, contributing to Rekindled Radiance. Um, if you go to the website, rekindledradiance.com, uh, on the upper left, there's a support us link. And if you click on that, you can find different ways. Uh, excuse me, the, it's in the upper right of the, the, the web page. Support us on the upper right page. If you click on that, there's a few platforms in which you could contribute financially to the website uh, and that would go towards sustaining your teachers as well as uh, enabling a better situation to record in so you don't hear these kinds of uh, unnecessary sounds and you could better concentrate on the lessons and I could better concentrate on teaching and um, if you could do that, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. 
Next, next time is chapter 14 on attracting men of worth. And there's uh, that also is short. And uh, the discussion of anything from uh, financial um, support to status uh, will be discussed in there as well.